Hello everybody and welcome back, Eyes of the Mize. My name is John and Ian is still at Army Training and we miss him dearly. Uh, so this upcoming week, or not this weekend, but next weekend is the Mox Invitational Cha- or the Mox Championship Series where they do the championship part. Uh, it's going to be real sweet. It's modern all the time as well as a few rounds of uh, Rivals of X Unlimited. It looks to be super sweet. Uh, it's happening March 2nd through March 4th. Uh, also happening on Tuesdays, if you haven't been watching, is the Team Modern Super League, which has been a revelation as far as popularity is concerned, especially with the unbannings of Jason Bloodbraid, because people are excited, even though we haven't seen the full impact. And I think the mox is going to inform a lot of uh, what the future meta looks like for Modern. Uh, but the latest Team Modern Super League was um, Team Pumplemousse against Team Play Design. And if you wa- if you don't have to, if you don't watch any of them, if you can only watch one match. Go watch the match between uh, Paul Cheon and Reed Duke. Reed Duke on Jund, Paul Cheon on Green Black, Midrange, aka The Rock, and just watch that entire match. Because that entire match is insane. It it's the best it's probably the best magic played on the on the Team Modern Super League, just period. And it's gonna be real interesting to see how each of those teams moves forward from the events of that week's episode. Uh, next week on Team Honor Super League poses to be even better with Team Genesis against Team Channel Fireball, uh, which is going – there are no slouches there. So I would go watch that. A uh, little bit more eyes in the community before we move on to what I want to talk about in our main topic, uh, which is uh, there was the uh, alternate endings for the Ixalan storyline that got published today. Uh, I haven't had the chance to read them. I feel like it's a little disingenuous. Just kind of showing off what the other endings would have been because they're not the right endings. I don't know. It feels to me as the same way of kind of like reading the Khans of Tarkir storyline, knowing that none of that ever happened except for the stuff to Sarkon himself. But enough of that. Let's move on to what I'm really excited about, which is Theros flashback drafts on Magic Online. Yes, Theros, the Greek god, the Greek mythology inspired set. It had all of the main trappings of Greek mythology. It had gods, it had heroes, it had monsters, and it was great. Uh, it was the first main set that I came back to, aside from Magic 14. And I think it was one of the first sets that Ian came back to as well. So this has a, a warm spot in our hearts. This was the set where I really learned how to draft. I didn't become good at it yet. Uh, that, that was a little bit down the line. But this set is a lot of fun to draft. And I kind of want to talk about the limited format here. Uh, because Theros has some different rules than the rest of regular magic kind of kind of goes by. And I think I want to take this moment to start off with probably uh, two commons that really define Theros Limited and how it's different from everywhere else. The first is Divine Verdict, which if you've played Rivals of Ixalan, you know what this card does. This is not like a surprise, pu- like, you know, this card is a solid common removal spell. It's three and a white for an instant, destroy target attacking or blocking creature. It's four mana at instant speed. It kills anything that's attacking or blocking with, you know, little to no qualms. It's a very, very powerful spell. However, we also want to contrast that with uh, Black's common removal spell of kind of, not necessarily of choice, but it's Sip of Hemlock, which is four black black sorcery at common. Destroy target creature as controller loses two life. Sip of Hemlock, of course, referencing how Socrates died by being, by willingly being poisoned by Hemlock, which is a poison. Unsurprising, getting poisoned by a poison. Anyways, uh, these are two are probably some of the best removal spells in the entire set. Um, as far as like hard actual removal. Because you look at some of the other cards that do similar things, 
and they're just they're just not up to snuff. Like there's a cycle of color hate cards like Glare of Heresy, one in a white sorcery at uncommon exile target white permanent, or Dark Betrayal, black for an instant destroy target uh, black creature. Uh, and none of the other just nothing else stands up to it. Even the red removal is very lackluster uh, when you compare it to what is happening in this format, which is creatures are getting huge and monsters are getting huge either because of auras or because of heroic or because of just any number of reasons. This set has a lot of things that go really, really big. And so while those two are the best like removal spells, like divine favor or divine intervention, whatever it is, I, I scrolled away from it. Divine verdict. There we go. Divine Verdict is not great in Rivals of Ixalan. Like, you can have too many Divine Verdicts. The most is probably two. In Theros, you could probably play three of these because the format is actually slow enough where Divine Verdict actually plays a heavy role because it is one of the few ways to just hard remove any creature. Uh, and going back to kind of talking about red removal, like, Sure, there's Magma Spray, which is two mana for an instant deal two damage. Scry two, there's Lightning Strike, one in a red, common, deal three. Uh, there's also um, Rage of Perforos, which is five mana sorcery, deal four to a creature that can't be regenerated, Scry one. Like, these removal spells are all fine, but the best removal spells, kind of by and large, are the is the green fight spell, which is time to feed, which is two and a green. So you notice how expensive it is for a sorcery that says target creature and opponent control, choose target creature and opponent controls. When that creature dies this turn, you gain three life. Target creature you control fights that creature. And this was good. It triggered your heroic, which is one of the keyword mechanics, which I haven't talked about yet, but I'll get to it. And you usually are using it on your big dudes to kill their smaller dudes. And it's very, very good. The next two spells that really kind of define how Theros Limited work are the two bounce spells, Voyage's End and Griptide. Uh, if you've played a few of the recent sets, Griptide is this is a, it's a reprint here. I think it showed up a few other times. It's just it's similar to Run Aground in Ixalan. It's three and a blue instant. Put target creature on top of its owner's library. In most formats, this is again too slow. It's not fast enough. But being able to reset your opponent's big battle cruiser creature is huge. And if the most efficient card in all of kind of like interacting with your opponent is Voyage's End. One of the blue instant at common, which is just an unsummon with scry one on it. Voyage's End was, again, one of the best ways to interact with your opponent's creatures on the spell end. And in a pinch, it can trigger one of your own creature's heroics, as long as it's not giving it a bigger thing. Speaking of heroic, this is one of the big kind of selling points of the set. Heroic is on creatures, and it's a triggered ability. or It's actually an ability word, not a keyword ability, sorry. Which is whenever you cast a spell that targets this creature, do a thing. Uh, Phalanx Leader being one of the premium white uncommons. It's white, white for a 1 1 human soldier at uncommon with heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Phalanx Leader, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. And heroic can be found in all of the colors. It's kind of focused in the Jeskai colors in um, blue, red, red, white, and blue, white. Uh, but there are other heroic creatures as well. There's a few in actually in green, white as well. And there's, a, of course, there's a few black heroic creatures, but they're, they're few and far between. But this mechanic just really rewards you for going tall and going big. And the best way to do that is through auras and sorceries, as well as other ways. Some of the best auras to put on your creatures are the ordeals. There's one in each color. They're both one in the, one in the sea, one in the colored mana. And they all have similar lines of text. They enchant creatures, and then whenever the enchanted creature attacks, you put a plus plus a counter on it. 
And then, and then if there are three counters on it, sacrifice the ordeal to do a thing. So, for example, Ordeal of Perforos, deal, when you sacrifice the ordeal, it deals three damage to target creature or player. Uh, the white one, the Ordeal of Heliod, gains ten life. Ordeal of Thassa draws cards. Ordeal of Erebos, mind rots the opponent. And Ordeal of, Ni- ordeal of Nylea is a double rampant growth. So, you don't necessarily play them for their effects. You play them because they're really good at what they do which is get your creatures huge. And they go really well on a lot, all the heroic creatures that put other counters on themselves or your monstrosity creatures. Now your monstrosity creatures are focused in red and green. There's a few in black. There's a few in the other colors as well. And it's a one-time pay a mana. It gets big. And then usually there is some sort of effect that goes along with it. Uh, one of the marquee monstrosity creatures is Stormbreath Dragon. Three red red for a 4-4 four, four dragon at Mythic. It has flying haste and protection from white. You can pay five red red to give it monstrosity three. That means if it's not monstrous, put three counters on it and it becomes monstrous. And then when Stormbreath Dragon becomes monstrous, it deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of cards in that player's hand. This is kind of, A, it's really hard to interact with, really hard to kill. And it's it, while its monstrosity isn't very impactful... Becoming a seven seven hey, becoming a seven seven flyer is no joke. The best common with monstrosity has to be Nessie and Asp. Four and a green for a four five with reach at common with six and a green monstrosity four. It becomes an eight and nine, which is nearly impossible to stop. So how do you stop this? Well, you have those removal spells, you have the bounce spells, and death touch creatures suddenly become hugely important. Uh, the big one is Sedge Scorpion. Green one one instant or green one one scorpion with death touch. This will stop a lot of your opponent's shenanigans and what they might, or what they may or may not try to do. However, if you flip that on its side, there's also the black version, which is Baleful Eidolon. One in the black for a 1-1 enchantment creature. I'll get to that in a little bit. And it, has, it says Death Touch. And it also has this line of text that says Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one, and has Death Touch. Because the, some of the enchantment creatures have this mechanic called Bestow which is usually attributed to a cost. In Baleful Eidolon's case, it is four and a black. So what does this mean? (laughs) Well, if you have one of these bestow creatures in your hand, instead of casting them as a creature, you can cast them as an aura. And when you cast them as an aura, it triggers heroic. So you can hit your 16 to 17 creature count and as well hit your heroic count in order to help make sure your heroic creatures, you know, get swole AF. Baleful Eidolon being one of the better ones because death touch is very important. But what also this format teaches you is that evasion is key. Flying is very important. Trample is very important. Being able to get through your opponent is going to be key. There is a little bit of grindiness to this format, um, especially when you get to some of the black decks and the green decks, because they focus on a mechanic called Devotion, which is a re-keyworded chroma from Shadowmoor and Eventide. What does Devotion mean? Well, let's read Grey Merchant of Asphodel, who we've talked about before. He has three black black for a 2-4 creature zombie at common. When Grey Merchant of Asphodel enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, where X is the, your devotion to black, and you gain life equal to the life lost this way. So with Gary by himself, you play you paid a, you paid five mana for a 2-4 that shocked your opponent and gained you two life. Gary scales incredibly well with other effects, with, with your other black permanents in play, which leads us to the gods. There's one monocolor god in Theros in each color. And they all do very powerful things. They're not always going to be turned on, but devotion cards really reward you for being heavy in that color. Heliod is three and a three and a white for a five six legendary enchantment creature god at mythic. He's indestructible. 
As long as your devotion to white is less than five, Healy is not a creature. That line is true for all the gods. They're also all indestructible. And then they all have an enchantment line of text and an activated ability. Heliod gives your other creatures vigilance, and you can pay four mana to make a 2-1 white cleric enchantment creature token. Uh, Thassa is a 5-5 that scries one on your upkeep, and you can pay two mana to make a creature unblockable. Erebos is a 5-7 for four mana. That makes your opponent unable to gain life, and you can pay one of the black and two life to draw a card. Perforos is a 6-5 that that says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you deal two damage to each opponent, and you can pay two and a red to, to give your creatures a mini, a, a mini trumpet blast give them plus one plus oh uh, nylea gives all your other creatures trample as well as being as well as giving you the ability to pump them up a little bit with uh three and a green to give a creature plus two plus two and she herself is a six six by the way so all the gods are heavily impactful and some and ones you're going to have to watch out for uh and are going to be really hard to to interact with in many ways a lot of the artifacts in the set are pretty subpar there's a few that are very impactful Burnished Heart is great if you're trying to splash, which I don't encourage you to do, because mana fixing is kind of bad in this set, so please don't. Uh, Pixels of Pandemonium is a trap in Limited. Um, don't listen to Lantern players. It's not good in Limited. Uh, Colossus of Acros can actually win you games, but it's an 8-mana 10-10 with Defender and Indestructible. And then you have to pay 10 mana to make it a 20-20 with Trample that can attack. So there's a lot of things you got to do to make that work. Uh, there's a gold card. At, there's an uncommon gold card in each of the two color pairs, and then there's a few rares like Annex and Cymede is a bomb. One in a red, one red white for a three two human soldier. They're legendary. They have first strike and vigilant with heroic. <laughs> Whenever you cast a spell that targets Annex and Cymede, uh, creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain trample until end of turn. Um, now the big reason that you may want to play this format, which granted on Magic Online it is a um, phantom only, so you're not getting these cards but are the, th- the three Planeswalkers. There's Elspeth, Sun's Champion, which is, no joke, the best card in the set. Uh, Elspeth, once you slam her down on an empty board, even if you're behind, you're you're very heavily favored to win the game. Uh, she is three. She's four white-white for a four-loyalty Planeswalker. She, her plus one is put three one-one-white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield. Her minus three is destroy all creatures with power four or greater. And her minus seven is you get an emblem that says your creatures, your cre- creatures you control, you get plus two, plus two, and have flying. Like Elspeth, Elspeth's insane. It is almost impossible to lose when you resolve an Elspeth. Almost impossible. Uh, Ashiok Nightmare Weaver is a little bit harder to play in limited. Ashiok is one blue-black for a three-loyalty Ashiok Planeswalker at Mythic. Uh, you can plus two Ashiok to exile the top three cards of target opponent's library. You can minus X to put a creature card with converted mana cost X exiled with Ashiok into play. Uh, that creature is now a nightmare as well. And then you can minus ten to exile all cards from all opponent's hands and graveyards. Ashiok and Limited is actually more of a mill condition because it's just three mana, exile three, exile three, exile three. And then, it, sure, occasionally you'll play a creature off of Ashiok, but Ashiok is going to kill them by milling faster than they will by damage. The last one is Xenagos the Reveler. Two red green for a three loyalty Planeswalker Xenagos at Mythic. You can plus one you can plus one Xenagos to add X to in any combination of red and green to your mana pool where X is the number of creatures you control. You can zero Xenagos to put a two, two red and green Seder creature token with haste onto the battlefield. And then you can minus six to exile the top seven cards of your library. You may put any number of creatures and or lands from among them onto the battlefield. Xenagos is better used as just a constant stream of tutus and occasional mana generation. The minus six almost almost never actually comes up. It is very, very flavorful for the partymans, though. And I think that kind of does it for all the things I wanted to talk about. Uh, Theros is a super fun format. I really enjoy a lot. Really enjoy it. Uh, it doesn't have the depth of some other formats. It can get old pretty quick, especially if you keep getting run over by the red-white or blue-white heroic decks. 
but it is a lot of fun. Uh, the devotion decks play well. Also, if you manage, to, if you can ever manage to draft minotaurs, do it. It's amazing. Um, but it's a super fun format. I've already drafted it twice. I had a, I had a, a um, it was a white black deck that did not do very well. I went one and two with it, but I had an Erebos. And then I'm currently drafting a blue white deck with Daxos of Miletus, who's also a lot of fun. Uh, and it's currently 1-0 in the league, so I'm going to have to go back and finish that out and hopefully do better than last time because Daxos is, Daxos is super sweet. Um, but that just about does it, I think, for what I want to talk about for Theros. If you enjoyed this, uh, let us know. Um, this is a set that I really enjoyed, and it's it's my, it was my first thing back into Magic, and I really enjoy kind of going through the nostalgia of it and kind of learning and relearning uh, what this format's all about. Um, if you want to find me on social media, you can do so on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. If you want to find my co-host, Ian, who is still, like I said, in Army training, you can find him on Twitter at DixonIJ. That is D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Uh, you can also find him on Twitch at the at twitch.tv slash Dix. That's D-I-X. And of course, if you have any any feedback you want to give the podcast, shoot us a, shoot us a message at, we're on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. Because, like I said, as always, we're best, we want to best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.